Hello, and welcome to Twilight Thoughts. My name is Bryce, and I'll be your host for today. We'll begin in a moment, but first I'd like to let you know that soon you will be entertained by news, reports, scandal, and of course, speculation. Bryce to Tower, we are ready for takeoff. Welcome everyone to tonight's episode of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast's Twilight Thoughts. My name is Bryce, your friendly host, and I am here to talk to you about last night's production of The Little Mermaid Live. It starred Ayuli Cravalho as Ariel, Graham Phillips as Prince Eric, Queen Latifah as the evil octopus Ursula, it had John Stamos in there as Chef Louie, and it also had Shaggy as Sebastian. So I'm going to talk to you about what I liked, what I didn't like, just my general thoughts on the show. In general, I liked it. I thought it was an interesting show. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. See, for the last few years, ABC has been putting on different musicals in their entirety, right? We had The Sound of Music live. We had Grease live last year. We had Hairspray the year before that. And they were the full stage production of these shows. And that's what I was expecting last night from The Little Mermaid. It's not what we got. We got this amalgamation of the animated movie cut in with some live-action singing, which was nice, but it wasn't what I was expecting. It also really wasn't what I was wanting. See, just me being selfish, I was hoping we were going to get the stage play version of The Little Mermaid on stage live. I thought that would have been fantastic, and obviously that's not what we got. So, just off the bat, I was a little let down by that. It was nice to have Jodie Benson come out and introduce the show. That was really nice. She got a crazy round of applause. I mean, as one would expect when you are one of the most popular Disney princesses ever, right? So that was really nice to see. And I'm just going to go through my negatives real quick because they are outweighed by my positives. So I'm going to go ahead and do that real quick. Ayuli Cravalho I thought was fantastic. There was a couple spots where she kind of cracked. She went a bit pitchy with Part of Your World, but you know what? It's all right, because for all of her other songs that she had to sing, she did a really good job. Granted, if there was one song that you have to crush when you're playing Princess Ariel, it is Part of Your World, no? I mean, for me, I would think that is the song that must be flawless. That being said, I'll give her a pass, because it wasn't really all that bad until that last minute where she was singing that world, and she got real high. Ah, well, what am I going to do, complain about it? I don't think so. I can't sing that well. And she had to be extremely nervous. She was singing in front of millions of people. So, for what she was doing, I thought she did an excellent, excellent job. My other complaint about that song was that when the show started, right, the screen goes up, and you are greeted with this massive ship set. You got Prince Eric on there, all of his sailors are on there. Cool. And it's a big production. You know, they have water spraying. It was a good time. And so that kind of set the bar pretty high. The next song that we see is Part of Your World, and that set was very sparse. You know, it was just not a whole lot there. Now, I get the idea, hey, let's focus on Ariel. Let's make sure that she is the center stage, she is the focus of everything that's going on. And I get it, I understand why you would want to do that, 
But when you're comparing the two different sets, the set of the ship and now this cavern that is supposed to be full of what she says or who's it's and what's it's galore, there just wasn't much there. It was really, really spread out, for, the, for lack of a better word. I don't know, I think it could have been filled in better or filled in more, and that would have made it all look maybe more appealing is the word I'm looking for. Because it was just very dark, and I get it, it's an undersea cavern, what are you going to do for the lighting? But still, we didn't see the treasure chests, we didn't see all of the other stuff. There was just a few props with her on stage on the rock, and that was it. So that was kind of disappointing. The last thing I really didn't like about the show was the lack of an ending. There was nothing there. We watched the end of the movie, you watch Ursula get stabbed, you watch the wedding of Ariel and Eric in the movie, the screen goes black, it cuts back to the stage, and immediately goes into credits where all the cast comes out and are kind of dancing around and whatnot, and yeah, that's nice, but there was nothing to it. Like, there was just nothing there in terms of a finale for the live action portion of the show, which is really why everyone is tuning in, because, hey, we all have this DVD, we all have this Blu-ray, we can watch it usually whenever we want. So, that was a little disappointing to me, you know? And what little ending they did have with everyone dancing around, you're watching that through the credits, and I just it didn't work. It didn't work well. I will say that the dog that they have to play Max is stinking adorable. You just want to get in there and just give him a big hug, you know? Oh man, he was super cute. I loved him. And to that point, everyone else in the show was really well cast. Ayuli Cravalo, I know I already touched on her, she was really, really good as Ariel. Minus that one part of that one song, she did phenomenal. Her and Graham Phillips have a duet that they brought over from the Broadway play into this show that's called If Only. Now in the Broadway play, it's actually a quartet and not a duet. Obviously, you'll have Ariel and Eric in there singing their parts, but you also have King Triton and Sebastian in there as well. Now, that is actually my favorite song from the Broadway play. I think it's really cool. It's really fun to hear all four of their voices kind of mixing together, coming together, pulling apart. It's really well done and really interesting to listen to. That being said, even though they took out the King Triton and the Sebastian part of the song, they do a really good job presenting this song. And I was really happy because I really like the music from the Broadway play of The Little Mermaid. I like the music in The Little Mermaid just period and in general, but the Broadway play has more songs that I hadn't heard because they were written for the play. And for them to bring those songs into this production, I thought it was really fun. They brought in this song, which they called the duet. And then they also brought in her voice, that is a song that Prince Eric sings, between getting rescued and actually finding Ariel the Mute on the beach. And as far as singing that song, I really think Ram Phillips killed it. He did an excellent job. So much so that I would consider going back onto Spotify or onto YouTube or whatever and listening to his version of that song. I think he did a really good job. The other person that I was kind of curious as to how they were going to sing the songs in the show was Shaggy. Because anything that I've ever heard Shaggy sing, he has been, what's the word? Unintelligible, right? You just could not understand a word that that man said. And so I was a little concerned because, again, Sebastian the Crab is awesome. Sebastian the Crab 
is my favorite sidekick in all of Disneydom. So to have somebody come in and play him, it has to be done correctly. You know what I'm saying? And he was. He did a really good job. I was shocked. I didn't know he could sing that slowly. And if he did sing that slowly, I was like, mm, will he still be good? He was great. He was an excellent Sebastian. Aside from Ayuli Cravalho, the only other person on this set that I wasn't like, I wonder how they're going to sing this, if they're going to be good, was Queen Latifah. See, a couple years ago, she was in the Hollywood production of the movie Hairspray, right? And she was really good there, so I was like, okay, she obviously has the ability to sing these Broadway-style songs. She should be fine. You know, these show tunes, she should be good. And she was. She did a excellent job as Ursula saying Poor Unfortunate Souls and the reprise they had near the end. It was excellent. Everything from her singing down to her costume, the puppetry work with the tentacles I thought was really, really cool. Then when she got down onto the stage and she kind of took herself out of that giant puppet, she's walking around and she's got like this really tight black purple skin suit thing going on that comes up to her bust and then stops there. So it's not like a cat suit, you know what I'm saying? She doesn't look like Catwoman walking around the stage, but she looks like Ursula. And here are where the special effects come in. See, I was a little off-put by the number of times they used the screen to get across an idea during the production. So I was a little concerned when the screen drops back down. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Now we're going to be drawn to something else from the movie. Let's see what this is now. Because I just, at this point, I just wanted to watch the stage play, you know, I thought, like, this is what we're here to watch. And in this song, they use effects to have the hands come out of the cauldron and go and take Ariel's voice from her. And that was so cool and so well done. I loved it. It was the best use of that screen the entire production. Now, I will say that there's one negative to this song. While she's doing all this cool stuff on stage, you know, strutting around, has smoke coming, blasting out of the cauldron and whatnot, you have these two really bad puppets of Flotsam and Jetsam swimming around the stage, and it just didn't work. They looked really bad. They looked like giant mops. And I don't know why they decided to go with that look. I don't know if that was the look that they had on the Broadway play or not, but man, it just... It didn't work. It, it didn't translate well. You know what I'm saying? Finally, we had John Stamos as Chef Louie. And in the movie, it is my favorite part of the movie. The song Les Poissons, I think, is hysterical. I think in terms of subject matter and just lyrics, it ranks right up there with, like, Hellfire in terms of, like, hey, this is a really dark song, especially when you consider who your main protagonists actually are. Man, it is hysterical. It is one of the funnier things that I've heard in a Disney movie that just has come out of nowhere. When I first saw that scene, I think it's safe to say I was not expecting it whatsoever. That being said, John Stamos... <clears throat> now, to be fair, I don't really like the song in the Broadway play, and I believe that's what they were trying to do with this version, was the Broadway play version of this song. That being said, unsurprisingly... I really didn't love it. This is meant to be a funny song. It's there for comic relief and all that. And so when you change things and you put things in different places than what they were originally meant to be, you change the pacing. And with comedy, that's really dangerous. That's a really hard thing to do. And unfortunately, in this production and in the Broadway play production, I don't think they nail it. 
I don't think this song works as well outside the movie because they changed the pacing of it so much. The one in the movie is very quick, very snappy, very witty. It relies on the lyrics for the comedy, not so much what's actually going on on screen. Here, the comedy came from John Stamos throwing spaghetti into the crowd. And I get it, some people loved it. I was watching with my mother and she about fell out of her chair laughing. She loved it, she thought it was great. But because I know what the original is, this version really didn't hit for me. Now, to be fair, that could just be me being a little bit snobbish and going, that's not what I remember. I don't like that at all. Give me what I know. Do not change it. I only want the original. Maybe. But be that as it may, it still didn't work for me, and so there you are. And the last thing I wanted to say about John Stamos' performance as Louis is, unfortunately, it sounded like he was out of breath. It didn't sound like he had full control over what was going on. Now, he's a bit older than a Louis Cravalho, so I'm not so inclined to say, hey, he was nervous. But, I mean, granted, it's still millions of people, so even though you are constantly being seen on, like, Fuller House and Full House, nerves could play a part of it, I guess. Sure, let's say that. But, still, his performance did come across as a bit breathy, so, eh, it was still something I noticed. And guys, those are my thoughts on The Little Mermaid Live on a whole, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. Was it what I was expecting? No. Was it what I wanted? No. Did I enjoy it for what it was? Yeah. It was for kids. It was a production really pushed towards children. And that's what Disney kind of is as a company. It's really more for the children and the children in all of us, right? Would I watch it again? Probably not. If I had the option, I would rather watch the movie or the Broadway play. But was this bad? Was I upset that I watched it? No, it was fine. It was fine. My question to you, though, is, was it fine? Did you enjoy this? Did you watch it? Let me know in the comment section down below. I would greatly like to know what you think, because especially with something like The Little Mermaid, there is a lot of nostalgia there. So I would assume that a lot of people would watch it. But then again, sometimes Disney's live action stuff isn't always met with open arms, let's say. And it kind of tanks. But in any case, let me know what you think. Wow, Bryce, that was a really interesting episode. Where can we find you, though? Ah, you can find me all over the place. That is a good question. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud. You can find me on Instagram. On Twitter, you can find me at Disney Nocturnal. And on Instagram, you can find me at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. You can email me, if you like, at Bryce at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast.com. And you can find all of our back episodes on iTunes, Newgrounds. You can find us on YouTube, Spreaker. You can find us on Stitcher. You can also find us on Spotify if you wanted to check us out there. And I do mean all of our episodes, all of our back Nocturnal Disney podcast episodes, all of the back Twilight Thoughts episodes. Me and Chris used to do a movie review show called The Moment After Podcast. You can find those relics in there as well, and that's all on the same feed, so you don't have to go hunting for a million different channels to get the different shows. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. My name is Bryce, and on behalf of our entire crew, thanks for soaring with us. And have a great day wherever your final destination may take you.